having to bring something to, to the table to now where like, oh no, my vagina is the table or something like, you know, whatever the <laughs> hippity hoppity <laughs> phrases we're using nowadays. My vagina is the table. Okay. <laughs> Dining in and eating out, so to speak. <laughs> you drive with dirty glasses your whole life, right? Like yeah. you don't know how dirty they are until you start cleaning them. And that's literally how life felt. It's done. Everything else is downhill from here then. So conversations with people who have, who are anti-abortion, but have had unprotected sex because high hypocrite. <laughs> and for the people who are pro-abortion, um, but have unprotected sex, I'm not having a conversation with you either because you lack responsibility. Pretend like there aren't predators and prey is again, ignoring consequence, ignoring reality. There absolutely are predators. So in today's episode, and also mind my amazing backdrop today, in today's episode of Fearless Wolf with Diamonds and Demons, we discuss feminism, relationships, personal growth, um, drama triangles, how we societally and culturally have lost um, the, you know, the, the rite of passage on how, what's, how to behave, how to introspect, how to adult and mature mostly um we talk about birth control sexual liberation we do all of it i promise you'll get really upset and you will really really love it because it's this like sadistic um thing we have going on right it's a two part so, so a week from now i'll release the second part because we initially had some internet connection problems uh, but it was a great point after an hour to you know move it on to the next one so you'll see us next week and we're continuing the conversations as we always do with diamond so um share tag like comment hashtags, all the things and uh, i'll see you next round and before we jump into the official episode today at fearless well i just want to point out this is hashtag team no delusion so everything you'll see intro mid-tro intro recording everything is raw footage one take i will not be doing or redoing or participating in the whole hollywood thing where everything needs to look polished or fake or perfect because that's just not real life so with that being said welcome into the real world and now we're jumping into the episode so today at fearless world with diamond and demons new series episode three today um here from redneck redneck paradise in undisclosed location with my amazing uh kelly diamond in disclosed location <laughs> and for one you've been on a roll with your facebook posts the well you're uh -oh. always on a roll but you've been you've been specifically on a roll one thing that i really appreciate about you is your ability to dissect um certain thinking patterns mechanisms and uh the reasoning behind the patterns mm -hmm. and what what i wanted to touch on today because i feel like the motto of our conversation is hashtag follow us for, for insults that are also life hacks because that's basically <laughs> what we're doing right right the insulting truth yes <laughs> the insulting truth like the the insulting part is entertaining for us and the life hacks part is educational for everyone or at least it sparks conversation and um, elicits some type of you know thinking and um introspection yeah. but 
we started started the last episode and perhaps is relevant perhaps not relevant at all is how obviously a, a common common recurring subject being the, the the dysregulated and weak generation that is following us um and how there's a very much like you know our parents were the bad people and they didn't do this good and everything is trauma which is the gaber gaber whatever the fuck his name is oh, that yeah, i absolutely dislike yeah. but today <laughs> today i would like to perhaps touch on because um for those who don't know which is obviously almost everyone who's listening because kelly is new to y'all you're welcome by the way um (laughs) her partner (laughs) kelly and her partner have like one of those hashtag goals relationship goals um so i would touch i would like to touch on relationships today and mostly on how we came to the point where um we we created a dating scene slash world where women think just existing and having a pussy um, somehow entitles them to you know men with lots of money or men with lots of resources of various kinds, yeah. and it kind of uh, combined with feminism eliminated us or alleviated perhaps what some people use not my not, not my cho- choice of words mm. um, on being a good person. Um, mm. In the sense of be, you know, contributing, productive, working mm. on ourselves, self awareness, introspection, great yeah. communicator, right? Or, yeah. So I would like to hear your idea on how we, as an Amer- mostly American audience, how we got from um, everyone having to bring something to, to the table to now where like, oh no, my vagina is the table or something like you know, whatever <laughs> the hippity hoppity. <laughs> phrases we're using nowadays <laughs> my vagina is the table okay <laughs> dining in and eating out so to speak <laughs> that was great oh yeah okay okay anyway <laughs> anyway um so the so i think i think people in general get pushed to extremes, right? It didn't start as an extreme because the extreme at one point was just women's suffrage, right? Just want to vote like everyone else. And I have my issues with it, but nonetheless, it wasn't a whole upheaval of, you know, society and culture. And it was basically trying to even the playing field and even the scale. So whatever he can do, I should be able to do and have the choice to do, right? He, he can, he can vote. He can also not vote if he doesn't want to, I should be presented the same choices. Fair enough. Right. And I think it got to a point where, and and we can talk about whether or not there are, you know, provocateurs that stirred up those feelings right whether or not that was some some sort of agenda driven thing but in the end then the net result is is that the frustration hit a fever pitch when you know several different things were being brought to light now you can say like the voting thing isolate a thing and say you know what i'd also like to do that right okay 
So if we had just said, I would also like to get a bank account, I would also like to get a line of credit, right? And treated it on an issue by issue basis, it would not have been nearly as bad as having the whole liberation movement just as this tidal wave of shit that washes away everything good about society along with whatever was bad, right? And then replaces mm-hmm. it with Absolutely. what, right? Like that's Repeat that one more time. Repeat that one more time. Right, so, so it's, the, it's the tidal wave of shit that's washing away everything good and bad and then replacing it with what? That's, I think, and that's the thing, right? That's the key. So like, if you distill down the root cause of what it was, let's say legitimate, legitimate frustration, right? Legitimate, I can't buy a house because I can't get a mortgage and I can't get a line of credit and I can't get a bank account. Fair, that's a fair grievance, right? To, I don't need no man has gotten- There we go. I was like, where the, how did you make that leap though? Right. So going from, you know, I should be able to, and this is the thing, it always starts small. Think about like, if you take it outside of the cultural context for a second, look at something as simple as um, gun, gun control, right? Let's put it aside because feminism has its feelings attached to it. We'll go to something more objective like gun control. You have gun control. It's just common sense law. It's just common sense. It's just, we're not taking your guns. We're just putting some safety measures in place, you know, so everyone is safe, you know? And it's like, and so, you know, same thing, that the same argument was made for driver's licenses. Same thing was made for registration. It's just to make sure, it, don't be so unreasonable. So everybody's like, okay, I'll be reasonable because that's what boomers are. Boomers are reasonable. That They, they pride themselves on this. They do, like that whole generation is like, hey, I'm not an unreasonable person. I'm, I, I'm with it. You tell me this is the good citizen thing to do, I'll do it. I mean, I'm a rule follower. They are rule followers, they really are. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, that rebellion that they had in the 60s, they got reeled in. Go look at Jane Fonda, that bitch was like <laughs> protesting in the streets and then she realized it wasn't gonna make her any money and now she's selling aerobics and skin, you know, and, and like toxic skinniness to fucking women. You know? <laughs> She was, you know, she immediately reeled it in. She did. They all did. Right. So the, you know, but the reality is, is that it's creeps. It's a mission creep. So it was, you know, we want the vote. Okay. Have the fucking vote. There you go. You know, and now we want a bank account. We want to be able to go get a job and have a bank account independent of men. And we want to be able to get a line of credit and whatever. Fair enough. Okay. You know, and the same thing happened, you know, and this is not, and it's not, this is not me making judgments on what women wanted, right? You want that. The objective political answer, the most political and pragmatic answer is fine. I make no judgments about that. That sounds practical enough to me, you know, fine. So the same is true with, you know, the idea of like uh, abortions and not having, you know, unwanted pregnancies and and being settled with, you know, a situation where you can't get out, whatever. Okay. Politically speaking, right? Because there's no moral judgments here because that's not what politics is. Politics shouldn't be morality. I know people like to, you know, infuse it with that, but morality stands separate, right? Because morality and ethics should be leagues above what politics could possibly deliver you. So like, if you're going to have an ethical conviction about something, you can go do that. 
but politics is just to make sure everybody's just going to be cool. Like it's really just there to make sure that like the, the wheels are greased and then we go home. Okay. That's it. Like I'm not here to, I'm not the machine. I'm the one that greases the machine in a perfect world. That's not what government actually does, but nonetheless, that's the deal. So then you have this thing where I think it became, it, you know, like for example, how more in recent and more contemporary times you had black lives matter and to some degree, one could sympathize with the originating point where the origin point where you said, dude, with the police brutality, though, and with the, you know, and with this, you know, with this unaccountability, and maybe we should at least look at the accountability factor of the police departments. And, you know, maybe we should, you know, one could make that case, and it and and it's a sound one. But it got carried away. It became this whole politicized movement. It became a corporation. Next thing you know, you got people embezzling money and siphoning it off for themselves. And it's a completely corrupt thing. Union, same thing you can say. It started off as, a, as the right thing. You, you know, you, people want safe work conditions. Okay, fine. Well, next thing you know, you got Jimmy Hoffa and the freaking mafia infiltrating this shit. You've got, you've got way too much embezzlement happening there. Cor corruption coming out of its ears. Like it's, it's hardly recognizable as what it started as. So... I understand the origin point, right? I do. I understand the origination, the, the frustration that, that precipitated this. Where I think it went off the rails is that we started getting, people capitalized on it and people started, you know, making careers out of it, right? Like, so my oppression becomes your career, you know, in the same way poverty has become somebody's career. So now it's not even in my best interest to fix it because then I'm out of a right. job. <laughs> And and I want to add to that, um, like from a complete outsider's perspective, because this is the the Western Hemisphere that we're speaking of, right? Like these right. these these concepts exist in the Western Hemisphere. And coming from East Europe, I remember coming, you know, going to West Europe, and basically upon, uh, you know, late teenager years, late teenager years, being exposed to these ideas, like in a realistic mm -hmm. sense, I remember thinking. Oh, so you want me to be the woman and the guy in one? Like, it doesn't right. sound, it sounds like a scam, if anything, right? Because the simplified version now, back in the day, back in my teenager years, was like, okay, you got to be and working for yourself, making money for yourself, and you need to do the household. And later on, very quickly on, as it even got more momentum amongst my peers, it turned into, basically, we're all behaving like men. Right. But we right. also got to look pretty. Right. That's right. Like, this sounds like a scam. It just, it's, too, it, it was a grift. It turned into a grift when they said you can have it all rather than saying you can, you can have one or the other. Right. Because men, men never signed up to be household engineers. Right. You know, like that's not, they didn't say, oh, I want what women have. I mean, they do now but in a more sinister way, <laughs> but I would say, you know, but I would say in terms of like, you know, men weren't saying, you know, I want to stay at home with the kids and do the things. No, they were like, I'm happy to go out there, pound the pavement, work my ass off, deal with a shitty boss, come home and do, and, 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 you know, bring home the bacon, do the yard work, you know, do the handyman shit around the house. I'm happy to do it. I signed up for it. That's what I signed up for. I'm going to do it. And women looked at men and said, I want what you have. And so my, my, my issue with feminism is the fact that it, it stems from what men have. It never stemmed from us just wanting something for ourselves. 
it was an idea that was it was envy first. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. not, I, look. I'm not against having jobs, careers, business. I don't give a shit. Like, it, it, there's no judgment on it. But I'm talking about like mm-hmm. the, the the impetus behind it and the motives that predate my existence. Right? I mean, I was born into it, and you know, and my parents ushered this shit in. I I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. I'm playing the game they left me, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. there's only so much I can do to jockey around and, and fix and, and adjust for that. I think retrospectively, I probably could have done things a little differently, but it's, you know, but it is what it is. So um, I think where where it gets to be grifty is that we're selling the whole kit and caboodle and then women are getting burned out. They're like, how am I supposed to have kids take care of the house and, you know, do my wifely duties and have a job and do this. And you're putting all this on me. And it's like, no, girl, you sought that. You went out and got that for yourself. And that's okay. You you wanted the career thing. You wanted all that. And so you said, I'm just like you. Well, then I want him to do what I was doing. But he didn't want that. He didn't sign up for that. Right. And so it becomes inequitable in the sense that it was like, you're moving the fucking goalposts. Like, if this is what you, I mean, that's fine. Look, if you've got that arrangement with your man, then you've got that arrangement with your sure. man. Fine. We're not speaking of individual right. dynamics and 100%. contracts, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, look, you, whatever arrangement you have with your man, have it. I mean, he's cool. You're cool. Then I don't give a shit. Right. I mean, but the, the issue right. was socially speaking, culturally speaking, men said, fine, you can do it. But I'm, I'm still not signing up for your shit. I can't bear the kids. Mm-hmm. I can't breastfeed. I'm not doing those things, right? Mm-hmm. It's not in me to be this nurturing thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm. That's not. I'm not wired this way. I'm still meant mm-hmm. to take the kid out and throw the ball, teach them how to change the tire, you know, make sure that they're on time and they 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 don't act out of line. Like, so that's my. That's still my rule. My rule doesn't change because yours did. And I think that's where. And I think that's what kind of like got. You know, it's like Eve bit the apple and now Adam's on the hook type of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like you kind of did that. I it, it allegorically it fits, you know, the shoe fucking fits, wear it. Okay. It's like, so I think, you know, and, and I think women started getting sold this idea that they can be just like men, but we're not wired like them. And I think it's starting to hit. Right. And I want to add to that to illustrate more of that, right? Because um I, I want to stay away from completely sounding red pills, and I'm using air quotes here right now, yeah. right? No, Where you know, yeah. uh, sex is fu- sex for fun, etc. is is bad, etc. And trad no. trad life is the only life. I want to stay away from no. that. However, yeah, I, I think it resulted right. I think it resulted in a lot of self harm for women, even like yeah. sexually starting to mimic male behavior, right? Where I'm like, That's oh, right. I'm cold. I am emotionless. I can yeah. just have my, you know, my clit rubbed and, you know, hip and hop and dicks up and up and down here and feel absolutely great, which rarely, and again, for context, for new listeners, I have traveled 49, 48 countries, 44 states. I've lived in nine countries, speak nine languages. Like I've met people and mm-hmm. I have yet to mean to meet or apply the consensus that women are the same at sexual stuff, right? The way uh, that women are the same like men. It's just not the case. It's not. And here everyone, like, uh, and everyone is, everyone's indoctrinated by, like, feminism or, like, 
what is like the aftermath of it, right? Which is goalless, it's purposeless. And now right. we're just trying to mimic men in right. the in the process and while we're harming ourselves. Well, we're putting on I mean, we're 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 putting we're trying to wear we're trying to wear masculinity in a way that it does that doesn't fit. It the, the pants don't fucking fit. So it's like and it looks awkward because it's like the you know, like I said, individually speaking, however, however you work through your shit and go through life is, is of no, is neither here nor there. But I do think that we were, I think we were sold a bill of goods to say that we can, that we're wired the same way and that we are, you know, we are the same sexual beings as men. And that when in fact there are objective objective differences one of which being that we bear major consequences that men simply don't the risks Word. that we yeah. elaborate are elaborate pregnancy the recipient of, of of bodily fluids makes us more susceptible to any sort of you know um std like there's a lot okay and so we can't pretend and 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 go through the world like those fucking things don't exist you don't Word. get you don't you don't get to turn that off. That's fine. You want you want to go out and do the thing. Go do the thing. Do all the things. I, whatever. But your consequences aren't the fucking same. And we have to start right. and just because they are. Because <laughs> you don't want them to be true doesn't mean right. that they're less true. Right. And then you sitting there telling me that you know these these the you know, well, birth control liberated us. Uh, all for five minutes until you found out that it was fucking with your hormones and now you're all jacked up and you don't know, you know, and you're trying to find some balance in your life again, because I mean, you know, it happened to me. I mean, I was on a low dose and it was still like, you know, yeah. I still had, you know, and it's like, don't tell me that there aren't, there's, there's only trade-offs. That's it. And there's only, and I really, I really want to dive in for a second because we beautifully side jump and dive. Yeah. on the birth control thing because i remember so i'm 14 i'm at that point living in the netherlands and i remember there was this wave amongst my what's probably resembling for us for us it's called middle school but probably in america it would be high school assuming mm -hmm. that age right yeah. um and there's this wave of like almost a hype of going on birth control and mm. obviously we're all like teenagers we you know we, we got pimples and we don't like our periods right mm. so that like the birth control pill was almost marketed to us not even like yeah. not oh, getting yeah. pregnant was a byproduct right the first right. thing that it was marketed for is that you can skip your you can skip your period and you to your, your and your skin will clear up and yeah. just as a reference as a personal I went to the doctor uh, with at which at age 14 at least in the Netherlands West Europe most of West Europe you can go to the doctor and they have a secrecy unless it's like really life threatening or shit so you know I'm like hey you know I want clear skin acne annoys me or you know I'm I'm my my period hurts I want it to be less painful and I get a recipe and just again to dive deeper in it I got the heaviest which was like in hindsight, this is now it becomes an insurance and you know, which one gets paid more, et cetera, kind of, it, it becomes a capitalist right. um, instead of like, which one was the best for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm on birth control from age 14. Um, I am, those who have followed me, like I, I am a good type of crazy person, but back then I was absolutely fucking batshit crazy. Like I'm, hormonal i am not understanding life let alone even understanding a bit of myself combine mm -hmm. that with an 
excessive, chaotic, and turbulent ex external circumstances, and you have a catastrophe formula, right? It's right. I've gone through shit that I should have never gone through. Um, that again, was just a beautiful, perfect formula. And when I went off birth control at, I want to say, um, 27. So I am, um, and for the, for the Europeans listening, I was on uh, Diana 35, Diane 35. It's again, it's the heaviest pill. You're only technically allowed to be on that for two years. I've been mm. on it since I was 14 till 27. Wow. Um, yeah. They never took me off. They just kept renewing, you know, the recipe for it. They kept refreshing it. And at age 27, when I got off, I, for one, I wish back then there were already more conversations about it. But back then they weren't really, except for anecdotal, like, you know, the people around you. But going off birth control, for one, cost me a relationship, right? Because I was not attracted to my partner anymore because the birth the birth control pill suppresses natural compatibility and natural processes that we experience when connecting to someone. So it cost me a relationship for one. Two, um, every day waking up, like I think after a month of, it was still a long time after getting off, like let's say four or five, six months or something, it literally felt like, of like um, floor cloud, like mist got mm -hmm. erased from me energetically, like hormonally and visually. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things that if you drive with dirty glasses your whole life, right? Like yeah. you don't know how dirty they are until you start cleaning them. And that's literally how life felt. Right. Yeah. I think it's that and that and that again, see that and that's the thing. Like it's fine right? It's not that it's it, what put anything on the table, put whatever vice you want on the table, any behavior, any habit, whatever, any lifestyle, put it on the table. But they you cannot take away the consequences of that behavior. Those there's natural consequences, take away the legality in a world where there's no laws about it. There's still the law of reality. And there's still that consequence. So it's like what we're trying to do, what we kept trying to do in the name of liberation mm -hmm. is, you know, navigate this thing of the consequences and say, okay, she can go out and sleep with whoever she wants. Fine. But then she's going to get, she, she's going to keep getting pregnant. I mean, she's going to keep getting pregnant. She's going to get diseases. What the fuck? And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Don't worry. We'll come up with something. Oh, here's some birth control. Now she won't get pregnant. Okay. But what about the STDs? Okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll come up with condoms. We'll do this, this, this. And it's just like, okay, but you're, what you're really trying to do is skydive. Okay. Right. And, <laughs> and, you're, and you're just, you're just as a collective and cultural and media and marketing aspect, you're just focusing on the symptoms rather than like, what are we doing here? At the end of the day though, what is driving this person to live a life like this should have been addressed at some point, right? That's, I mean, that's my, that's my beef with like the pro-life movement because they're all sitting at the clinics and I'm like, what the there fuck is at the clinic? You're actually been there when she was 12. Right. Teaching herself work and addressing her fucking daddy issues. Like you should have been there at 12, not at fucking 24 when she's like, ah, oh, shit, I slept around enough and now I got knocked up. That's not where you belong. And I'm like, you know, and it's like, I've had that conversation before and it's like, if we again we need these things i want them to repeat as much as time because um 
coming in America, the, the, the red people love me for being like, you know, not for, I'm not for abortion. And the blue people are like, oh, well, you know, they understand my kind of in between, but I'm very vocal on this for, for one, like the abortion legislation laws and et cetera. For one, I'm not having any conversations with people who have, who are anti-abortion, but have had unprotected sex because high hypocrite. And for the people who are pro-abortion, um, but have unprotected sex, I'm not having a conversation with you either because you lack responsibility. <laughs> right. We're just, it, it, it can, you know, but at the end, you know, it's like, it's, the thing is, is like, I'm just talking about this in a more dispassionate way where I'm saying, look, all you keep doing is coming up with ways to mitigate consequences to action, but you're not questioning the action and whether or not that was a reasonable thing to do in the first place, right? So they're never accountable. That's the thing. We're trying to dodge the accountability by trying to get rid of the consequence. And that's where I completely just part ways with feminism is because that's what you're ultimately selling me. You're selling me an unaccountable life, a purposeless life, an unconnected and detached life, right? All of which is to tell me that you're balkanizing society through women and you're attacking us, you're attacking, it's, it's an attack on society by saying we need to detach you from everything so that you don't ever really feel like you're part of anything, you know? And it's like, to me, that's insidious, right? So when you have, you know, this boss babe shit circulating or when you have any of this other stuff circulating, it, what it's doing is it's saying, don't even think about connecting. Don't even think about having a purpose. Don't even think about picking up that thing and getting a job or starting a business. You're boss the way you are. You're fine just the way you are. And it's like, to me, it's like, look, there's a difference between not shaming yourself on a daily basis and flogging yourself for not being perfect. We are not perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And saying, I love you for who you are, but I think we can do better there. It's there's and, nothing wrong right. with saying that. <laughs> right. And emphasizing you are not good the way you are. Right. You can be loved, you can be, right. but the, this, this, this absolutely dysmorphic fucking dystopian world we have now mostly like, you know, originating from the online worlds ended yeah. up in where, where, where again, it started off well, right? Because the mm -hmm. initial seed was, I don't want you to live in shame for the fact of who you are right now right now is the caveat right, right and right. it morphed into everything shitty about you you morbidly obesity your narcissistic tendencies are yeah. great and i'm like yeah. is everyone on the same fucking crack right it's all self-indulgence you know and and to not indulge them and not consign that is to is to basically be a bigot and it's like well, the thing is, you know, and it, and I, you know what, I, it's interesting because I keep getting, I keep getting hit with, what's it to you? It's not your life. If you don't like it, keep scrolling. La la la. It's like, what's it to me? In the same way, what's it to me is like, well, you put it out there, in public, on a screen for me to see it. You wanted me to see it. You, it. yep. You wanted there we me go. to see it, and you, and 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 when I see shit. I judge shit. That's what I do. It doesn't fucking matter what it is. It, and there's a difference between saying it somehow viscerally affects me in some emotional way versus I already know that's some shit and I can just keep scrolling, but I will call it shit first. 
and then keep scrolling and not and not give it a second thought, right? It's I think I think people think that that, that for me to judge something, I have to be emotionally attached to it. I'm not. I'm not because the, the emotionals only think that, right? Well, right, exactly. And I said, and it's like, what's it to you? Well, what it is to me is a bunch of shit. Well, it doesn't affect you. Correct. It doesn't. It affects you. And the fact that you're indulging it and the fact that you're co-signing it and the fact that you're high-fiving this bitch right now for, you know, for being this fucking guttural And the, the fact that you're marketing <laughs> it, right? Like you're yeah, marketing you're, it as a good thing. Correct. Yes. I mean, you're, and of course, you know, in the fact that you can, you have no path forward in self-acceptance and self-awareness, like you have no path forward. You have pen, you have painted yourself in to this thing and you've walled it up to where it's like, this is it. I've peaked. Oh, you've peaked. This is it. I mean, we used to joke about people like this when they were like the popular kids in school. And then that was their big fucking shining moment. And now they're still working at a gas station, you know, at 55. And you're just like, that was your peak. That was it. That was your big fucking heyday. You you know, being prom king. And and now, you know, you're just trying to hold down a job at the Circle K. It's like, fine. But like, you peaked. You're, it's done. Everything else is downhill from here then. So and that's the thing, when I see people saying, you know, it's okay to be this, it's okay to be that, you know, instead, this one that's circulating lately, people are all focused on my response, but they're not looking at the person who hurt me and their behavior. And it's like, well, yeah. Because you are the one talking. Yeah, it's it, because you made it about you. So we're going to talk about you now. Like, like, first of all, look, I can, it's not hard to say somebody was an asshole. Right. Somebody was an asshole. Okay. But they're not here right now talking to me. You are. <laughs> you are my, and again, I'm pausing constantly because so fucking potent. Not only is that we're not talking about that asshole, you are marketing your victim position to me and want me to buy it. Mm. You're expecting as sale exchange, you're expecting certain empathy, sympathy, whatever the fuck mental mechanism, me mental masturbation you got going on for yourself. Mm. Likes, uh, you know, only oh, we, we, uh, 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 fucking bukkake <laughs> fucking mental <laughs> masturbation at that point, right? Yeah. That's what you're selling me. So, yes, well, let's talk about you. Well, that's right. And so the question is, it's like, you're so worried. So you're saying, so it, let me just, let me just then break down right? And, and dismantle what you're saying. You're saying, why are you focused on my response when we should be focused on how they treated me and disrespected me? And it's like, because if you worked on your response, you wouldn't still be talking about their disrespect and living in the goddamn past. You'd be over it by now, but you're not. Mm -hmm. So your response is still happening, by the way. So that asshole's mm -hmm. transgression on you, I will fully accept the fact that he was a full dick, that's fine. Sure. He was a whole asshole. That's fine. And but now he lives rent free in your life. That's right. That event has long since passed. They're gone. They've left the room. And the call is coming from inside the motherfucking house. <laughs> so <laughs> I need you to address your response. <laughs> I need you to address your response because if you started fixing that and you didn't give it the dignity of your response in the first place, you wouldn't be sitting here a goddamn mess on social media saying, what about them? Who gives a shit about them? Why you give a shit about them? Apparently. Why should I, they didn't do anything to me. Like 
fix well, your me, shit. I, you know, since we're hashtag insulting, insulting you into a better life or whatever, you know, our hashtag is going to be, let's, let's walk us through, like I can give a personal scenario and I would love for you one to, you know, or whether a personal or example to give one. So let's say you, you, you turn and you got a bad relationship, right? It doesn't even matter. So bad relationship, the dynamic uh, shifts to perhaps an unhealthy, toxic, you know, perhaps even abusive, somewhere on this spectrum, mm-hmm. and you end up somehow leaving it. So how mm-hmm. do you heal from that? What's the process that you have to personally introspectionally go through, mm-hmm. get over that and not become that, you know, rejuvenate like fucking victim, you know, mental masturbation online? I think that so for me, I look at it like I I think for me it's it's easy it's it's easier for me to start using analogies that help better pick for me to picture it, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm dealing with abstract things like feelings, right? And I'm mm-hmm. dealing with abstract things like, you know, um I don't know, like just general general processing, psychological processing. Those are all abstract. They're not tangible mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, I like things to be more tangible. So I, mm-hmm. I couch them in that way. So mm-hmm. my thing is, is that each person on the planet is writing a book and that chapter has ended and there's no turning the page back. But I'm really looking forward to what happens next to the protagonist, me, right? And what, what the future holds, right? Mm. What happens next? I should be looking at the next day with bated breath saying, what Mm. happens now? Holy shit, that was heavy. Now what? You know, and getting excited about it. A. B, that was one character in the credits of your story. They're not the main character of your universe. You are. And therefore, you need to act that way and start handling your business accordingly. Because otherwise, what you're going to try and do is, is, is force fit your book with his or hers. Okay. And it's never going to work because if he's the main character of his, of his, of his, of his book, as he should be, then where do you fit in this? You're always going to feel less than and you're always going to feel diminutive. And that's because you're not living your life for you. You're living your life for him and you've all, but just abdicated it over. You just relinquished it or something in some sort of weird subservient way it's, it, it you know and and people do that people do that and they don't realize it they do it to their kids which is horrible it's unhealthy they, they call it love but it's disgusting and they call it love when they do it to their partners and partners can't handle that it's very suffocating you've put mm-hmm. a lot on them that they, mm-hmm. that they didn't sign up for wait i thought you were a grown-ass woman mm-hmm. and you're coming at me like a dependent like mm-hmm. a child and mm-hmm. i'm not here for a child i'm here for a grown-ass woman mm-hmm. so what the fuck you know and it gets really off-putting you know, it does, it gets suffocating and all that stuff. So next chapter, that's step one. Step two would be, is to look at it like a timeline, right? And this was something that I did because loss is hard. People don't like loss and people think that loss has to linger out of respect. And I don't understand that shit. I have no Same idea more. where that came from. You know, like when somebody dies, right? If somebody dies, there's a certain amount of time that I need to spend mourning i don't even know what the fuck that means mourning i've lost people i've lost people to death i mean but i don't understand this mourning period like i'm like you mean just processing the fact that they're no longer here and getting used to it you mean no 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 
that would be disrespectful because then you're moving on and you're acting as if they never existed. And it's like, no, I'm not acting like they never existed. They just don't exist now. I'm acting like they don't exist now because they fucking don't. Like they did exist in the past tense because they're dead, you know? And this right. was something that I, you know, this was a, it was a big thing between my sister and my, my little sister and I, we don't talk because of this. She really thought that, you know, she said something that just fucking struck me. She says, you know, because our dad died like seven years ago. And I said, and she's like, well, I wouldn't be sad if he didn't die. And I said, did you just blame a dead man for your sadness? Because that sounds awfully disrespectful from where I'm sitting. And she just blocked me after that. And I said, yeah, here's the thing. It was a moment in time that, and a, bad, and a sad thing happened. And I can acknowledge that it is sad that he's gone. But if we are to talk about real respect for loss, no matter what you've lost, right? An abusive person, mother, spouse, whatever, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, whatever it is that loss, because it is loss, it's still mm -hmm. loss, right? Mm -hmm. It's just someone's living versus someone's dying, but they're not in your life anymore. So you're still talking about them in the past tense, regardless. The loss of that person, it needs to be, you need to find a way to say, you know what? The only way that I can have them, that memory in my life is to focus on the things that I got from it. That's it. And I got something from everybody. When you lose, you learn. So you got something. You did. Even from the biggest asshole, you got something. And what you can get from the biggest asshole in your life is the lesson of what you did to attract it. Something in you and something in him were drawn together. And it wasn't just that he was cute and you were cute. There's way more to it than that. You know as well as I do, you were just talking about birth control and how that suppresses a lot of the hormonal attractions. There's pheromones. And I don't know, I'm not big on the woo-woo thing. I don't know it very well, so I'm not gonna try and speak to it. But our behavior, the way we comport ourselves, carry ourselves, speak in the world, the words we put out there, the, the monologue we have in our head, all of that culminates into something that you put out into the world and people start to recognize it. And to pretend like there aren't predators and prey is again, ignoring consequence, ignoring reality. There absolutely are predators. So the question is what kind of prey, what kind of prey behavior were you engaging in that got that predator hot on your shit? Because that, that's what he liked about you. He liked right. something meek about you. Right. You were a fucking field mouse and he's a fucking hawk. What right. the hell can you do to get out of that field mouse mentality right. and start walking like a hawk, you know? Right. And, and, and absolutely. And I, and I do think there's um, not enough talk about how, because um, I, I think it originally stems down to um, your acceptance of deservingness, right? Of how uh, self-worth, self-acceptance, how much do you think you deserve? What, What's, what's your level of havingness as some psychology uh, corner mm -hmm. say? And I think that um, there is still this almost like 80s psychology um, floating around that certain relational dynamics happened to only like, you know, you know, very like classically like weak women, soft women, pushovers. Meanwhile, we, especially upon growing up, 
um, when you're still finding out life, figuring out and growing yourself, right? I don't want to say finding out who you are, but growing yourself and all the the facets that you as a personality and integrity and everything, the characteristics that come with that, um, mm. is that we are part somewhere of the drama triangle, right? So you're either yeah. a perpetrator uh, or you are a, so again, whether it's, you know, you're the in, your inner child or there's something like, or the inner victim or you're disregul- dysregulated. It, regardless of the vocabulary and semantics, mm. you, you fall somewhere on that spectrum. Um, mm. And like, I've had one really bad relationship. And it was during like my mid twenties, I think, early twenties. And I was balling career wise, right? Like I am flying on private jets. I'm making more money than I'm probably even making right now. And so it was odd, even on a uh, psychological level, that you know, how am I so strong and good at this? But how did I end up in a fucking messed up relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what it is, it's not. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to, you know, the abuse. Because oh, at this point, I feel like Johnny Depp and what's her fucking face, uh, uh, Amber, Amber are yeah. the perfect example of that. Where it's not yeah. even, there's not even one perpetrator anymore. Like, no. this is a whole fucking dance between people. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's everyone doing? Meanwhile, right. wh- while you're in it, it's yeah. very, um, it's very, very, um, attractive to you know put put on one role oh no i am this role and you know whether i'm the bad one or he's the bad one or whatever type of thing um but it all stems down to um lack of aside from the drama drama triangle let's Mm -hmm. even go for someone like me who came from an absolutely chaotic and turbulent background that is just lack of skills i have never been shown you know, um, constructive, productive dynamics in a romantic sense. So mm. it's not even a lack of willingness of wanting, but it's just like I've never seen it for one. Right. And yeah. then when I have seen it, I have absolutely no skill built in me to participate in such dynamics. Mm. Um, then and then again, and then you get through like you know what's life and whatever like psycho- psychological or mental um, concepts. But it's a skill, right? Like the, the the skill the skills that contribute to healthy dynamics, friendship, business wise, romantic, all of them right. are skills that need to be taught. Right, right. It's the these are you know these are social integration skills, right? And typically, right in in a not that distant past, we taught each other the same way we teach language. Right. We did. We we slapped each other's wrists when we were out of line, you know, and we weren't afraid to say it. And and that existed. You know, we saw we had structure. We had, you know, the the do's and don'ts. Right. And I'm not just talking about school. I'm talking about just being put in a group situation, whatever that might be. Right. And you figured out and people kind of picked up on social cues. You know, like we learned to do that because, look, each each situation is going to be unique. My parents mm-hmm. can't prepare me for everything, but you know, there needs to be some sort of thing, but are we, but that's the thing, right? It's like, I didn't know that at 27, when I got married, that I was actually still learning. I thought I was done because I'm getting you have it figured married. out. That's right. You have it figured out. This is the period. 
to the sentence of my relationships, I've hit it. I've arrived. I am no longer learning. Now I'm just going to grow. You know, that that's literally what I thought was happening, right? Is that I can stop dating because I'm married now. And then I don't have to worry about, you know, any of the other shit that comes with dating mm-hmm. and all that other stuff, which is true, but I didn't realize I was still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that I knew it all. I just thought, you know, we're done. All that other shit is done. I don't have to wonder anymore if he, if he likes me, if he's going to call me, blah, blah, blah. You know, no, I don't have to worry. There's no more wondering. The mystery is solved. We love each other. We're getting married. You know, like, so I didn't realize that there were a lot of things about relationships and marriage in particular that I legit did not know. And my parents didn't know. Their mm-hmm. parents knew, but didn't know to teach it. They just knew to do it. And it got diluted over time, which is what happens, right? You have a really good thing that the older generations did. Then the next generation does it, but doesn't know why. And then the next generation doesn't learn it at all. And then the next generation, the next generation witnessed it, but didn't do it. And then the final generation after that is like, what the fuck is this? I've never seen this before in my life. Mm -hmm. I just discovered something new. No, you didn't. (laughs) It's some old shit. And it's just new to you, you know, like, that's why I joke about it online all the time. It's just like, because, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying, oh, I just discovered this new thing. And it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> it's been around. People just didn't teach you, you know, like, and that's sad. It's that's what's really sad about it. That's the, that's the saddest part of those revelations is that, well, it's funny because we know better. We really weren't taught these things. Like, for example, no one told me, not a soul told me that marriage is an economic institution. No one said it, not a soul. And the reason why they didn't say it was because it's such a buzzkill to say something like that when you're all, I love him and he's so cute and he did this cute thing the other day and I just love him and ah. And, and nobody wants to say, okay, well, marriage is an economic institution, bitch. You know? It's a business contract. <laughs> it is, it's a yeah. business contract. It's a partnership in a, in a business, the business of your home you know, building legacy and building enterprise from your home. Like that is a thing, right? The word economic economy literally derives from the Greek, right? Ecos, household, nomi, management. It is literally that. And I didn't know it. Like I just didn't. And I, I mean, it just, that, that was a whole miss, but that was a miss on my part. That was a miss on my part because I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were in a partnership. I thought we were doing this. I thought that was my job. And I, I, I had it, I had it like an inkling, you know, like something in me that was like, this is not, this is not right. Versus actually knowing why going into it with my eyes wide open, fully intentional saying, I know what I want out of this marriage. This is what I expect. This is what you expect. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. What the CEO and the CFO sit down and absolutely have that conversation and no, and no, feelings are hurt. People are, people walk away fucking happy. Mm-hmm. So what the hell happened where in a marriage, we don't have that conversation of what our roles are and responsibilities mm-hmm. are in the business of this house. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't we talking about how the money's coming in? How, why aren't we talking about shit like that? You know, right. Business. And, and to attribute to that, um, just because we can acknowledge, because we no, just because we have to acknowledge the business of house management that doesn't take away from the spiritual and emotional union and the sacred, right? Like they, they go together. 
well, one feeds the other. That's the thing is like, so the love that you, you have, right? So when you go into a marriage, you have a lot of infatuation. You have a lot of admiration. You have a lot of passion. You have a lot of respect, right? You have a lot of foundational things here. What you, what the love that you had when you got married is not going to resemble the love that you build 20 years from now. Not mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, it will be this, it will be this, you will look back on its infancy and see it as infant love, really, because how mature and how big, how deep and sophisticated it will get through the trials and tribulations of a relationship is not something that you could even measure. So mm. what you have is a foundation to build on, but if nobody goes and lays the bricks, that shit falls apart. It's abandoned property, you know? Right. It's so, it just land. Yeah. That's right. So love, what everybody calls love is not the thing. It's not, it's not the flighty butterflies in my stomach that, you know, that's infatuation. That's, you know, that's horny. <laughs> that's not Word. love. Love is that respect, the admiration. Every time you mm -hmm. look at him, he start he strikes this thing in you that he's doing something. You're just like, fuck yes. Yeah. That's my name. There's a pride in it. There is. There's, there's a lot of that. Yes. There's right. a lot of that. There's a lot of, you know, and, and he's looking at you saying, fuck yes. And, and, I walk and, into the room. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's an honor in it, right? Like how, Absolutely. like I feel honored that I get to spend, witness, be part of. That's right. It's your privilege. Companionship or. That's right. I lucked right. out. Exactly. And you're like, right. I hit the jackpot and you feel wealthier for having them in your life. Like that, Ooh. that is, you know what I'm saying? Like this is, this is not, these are, none of this sounds very romantic when you, because it's not what it's depicted in movies and books, you know, and in stories, but this is romance. This is what turns you on about him. It's like, holy shit. He just came out, you know, he just freaking split all the fucking firewood and the cornwood in the winter time and his ass because i am cold i am fucking cold and his ass did that he went out and started the car for me and got the fucking thing preheated because i'm cold and i got to stay inside you're getting a blowjob later <laughs> sis <laughs> you just stood up for me you just stood up for me and made me feel safe in public it's on. Maybe there's a blowjob waiting for you <laughs> at home. That's right. That's right. And it's like, no, absolutely. That's how, I mean, because that shit hits much harder than his eyes are so dreamy. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, no, it's like his eyes are dreamy. Great. But like, that's the initial, right? That's like saying, no, that, that's like saying like, you know, like people are talking about, like people talk about family all the time, family relationship. It's different because it's family. No, no, it's fucking not. That's Word. just how you met. That's mm -hmm. just how you met. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not, that's not your whole relationship. Mm -hmm. It's just how you met. Like you met because you came out of the same vagina, not because right. of anything else. You literally Word. didn't even try. Like the question is, would you still hang out with each other? If, if that weren't the case, if you guys weren't holed up together in, in this house, would you still hang out with them in high school? Yes or no. Right. Exactly. exactly. Same thing like that. And that's the thing. So it's like, you know, in, you know, same thing with, with how you met your, your spouse. Initial attraction is what gets your foot in the door. That's like, I like your resume, bro. Right. Yeah. But I haven't interviewed you yet. Right. I don't know if you're right for the job. 
just and, and, by, and vice versa, right? Right. Because exactly. I'm also simultaneously like, hey, I like, bro, I like your resume. That's a great phrase, by the way. That we're going to make that into a meme. Like, bro, I like your mes- resume. <laughs> I haven't interviewed you yet. While simultaneously, I'm applying for your Fair. position. That's right. Right? That's right. You appear to have liked my resume as well. Great. Word. So now we're past that. We've acknowledged right. that we both find each other attractive. Mm-hmm. That's over now. That That's right. the extent to which mm-hmm. that lasts. Now it's about, the thing is, is the things that start attracting you about the person as you get to know them go beyond oh, your face. I know. don't know. If, wait, one second, because you were freezing up. Oh. Stop right now. Thank you very much. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. You have to completely, after this is where it ends, you have to completely start over because you froze up. And I don't know which end it was. Okay. Okay, so, you're back. Yeah. Okay. So, so, well, yeah. So this is where it ends, right? Then everything that you find attractive about them thereafter has very little to do with the fact that he has dreamy eyes and a cute smile. Word. It, 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 it has very little to do with that. What ends up happening is you're associating that face with all that shit and all that behavior and all of that like ethic and all of that character. And now you've made that face, that, that's the face that represents the real shit that you're attracted to and the, th- the things that you're sticking around for, you know? And so I think that's where people, that's where I got mixed up. I did. I, I, I own it. I, I fucked up. I didn't, I did not get it. And then when I got it, it was, you know, I'm like knee deep. In <laughs> You're shit. freezing up on me again. Oh. Wait, stop, stop. <laughs> freezing up. <laughs> Can I? Well, my dear listeners, so I can't. Kelly anymore. So, Kelly, I think we've reached like we're going because you completely froze up again. So maybe we need to caveat it and do this next week again and like or continue from here, right? I'll I'll make notes so we continue from here. Let this be a two part episode about one subject um, because the internet gods. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely beautiful. I will, and in the next episode, I will replay an, the end of this. So we're like we're looping back, so everyone gets reminded on where we have left off. Um, everyone listening, fearless wealth, diamonds and demons. Hashtag insults that will better your life, or some kind of you know. Follow us for more like insults that will better your life, or something like this. Kelly, I love you so much. Bye. <laughs> Wait, were you almost hanging up, leaving us, leaving me and everyone in this podcast without liking, subscribing, and putting on that bell notification? Nah, that's not cool. Come on, do it. And if you're feeling extra feisty today, share, tag me, and tell me what you like the most about the episode. Let's hear it in the comments. Let's hear it on all the platforms. I'll see you in the next episode.